Hi, Mark. Welcome to Season 9 of Chef's Podcast Academy. So great to have you here. So please tell a little bit about yourself and how you started your journey in the podcasting space and everything. Sure. I have this very unusual career. Now, I primarily build tech startup companies. Since graduating MIT back in the 90s, I built tech startups. I also wound up teaching at MIT for the past two decades, a little over now. And I took the class I teach at MIT, I turned that into a book, The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You, and then had to promote the book. One of the best ways to promote a book is to go on podcasts. So I got into the podcasting world. I've been on, as of this recording, I've probably recorded close to 350 appearances. I know over 300 are out. There's still some are in process. So I've been on hundreds of podcasts. I've been on a lot of podcasting shows about podcasting, in fact, because I got into this world. And I even now I've built tools to help podcasters. So I've been in the world, even though I don't myself have a podcast. And there's specific reasons why I chose not to. That makes sense. And, you know, like you mentioned that you have been in like more than 100 different shows. Now, before this recording started, I we had a small conversation and to me, honestly, that's like a really important conversation that people should have, you know, when someone's appearing as a guest on a different show. Uh, how would you look at that? Like, do you have any specific things that you would ask to a guest? I mean, to a host that uh, to get a clear idea, uh, some things that you asked me, like, is there anything spe more specific about that? Great question. There are things both hosts and guests should think about mm -hmm. when looking at the other party. Uh, forget what you need to convey to the host. I know you asked the opposite, but I'm going to do both. Guests need to convey not, hey, me, 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 this is why I'm great. Who cares why you're great? It's what value can you bring to the audience? Because first and foremost, it's about the audience. Now, you should give some, this is why I'm credible. From the host perspective, what you should offer to the guest is, here's a little about how this is going to work, the format. Half the time, I don't know, are we going to do video as well as audio? Yeah. It's not a big deal for me. I turn on some lights, but you can imagine lots of women, they have to do their hair and makeup. They don't want to do that effort if you're not going to use it. If you are, well, that takes time. Knowing the level of editing matters because sometimes we're in a answer and um, oh, we, we get lost. And you know what? Can I just do this over? But oh, nope, <laughs> this is a one take. I can't. Okay, well. Boy, I wish I knew that. Then I would have gone down this sidetrack. So knowing the level of editing is important as well. Having a sense of how long it's running. And most importantly, who the audience is. Because if I am doing a general talk, but the audience, it's all doctors, and I'm giving examples from accounting, that's not really helpful. But knowing, oh, these are doctors, I'm going to use medical examples. I'm going to make it more relevant to the audience. So those are things each side should share with the other prior to going on the podcast. Cool. And, you know, just one point uh, to add that, because it's coming from my experience, I once had a guest where I just asked that guy a single question. That's all I asked. And he answered all the questions that I framed for him in, in one and a half hour long uh, straight away. He just talked like an hour and a half, just straight, answered all the questions that I framed because I usually send all the details before that. So he knew what I'm going to, what I was going to ask. He just answered everything. I, I didn't want to interrupt. I, I, I mean, uh, I think I should have because uh, since, you know, the audience would definitely see, okay, where's the host? <laughs> Has he gone somewhere? Is it a solo podcast? 
So I think uh, that in some cases, like you mentioned, uh, when the host or the guest is clear on how long the episode will be, that would be clearly give a indication, right? Uh, how much it will be great. And certainly that experience as a guest, I try to give answers anywhere from about 30 seconds to maybe somewhere around two minutes. If you ask me a complicated question, okay, I've got to explain this and set it up. Yeah. But you do not want to monologue. No one wants to listen to one person just on and on when mm. they are tuning into an interview style podcast. And you have to be conscious of this. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, as you mentioned before that, you know, you have appeared over like 350 uh, podcast episodes and all that. So would you be able to give like a strategy wise, uh, you know, view on if someone is publishing a book or they have a consultancy or whatever it is, they have something to offer and they want to, you know, appear in the podcast as a guest. Would you have any tips uh, for them? A template or template wise answer would be great for that. It's a couple things you can do. You're asking, how do you get on lots of podcasts, basically? Yeah. What's the strategy you do? So there's a few things you can do. And by the way, I'm writing up in my blog a long multi-part series on everything I've learned about podcasting. But here are some of the key points. So first, you want to create a media kit. You mm -hmm. want to do the work for the podcast host. Is a host gets hit every day with multiple inbound requests. Oh, put me on your show. Put me on. I'm so great. Host has to figure out, okay, are you good? And let me look you up. If you create a simple media kit, that says, here's who I am. Here's the value I add to your audience. Here's my credibility. Here's me on prior shows. You can hear what I sound like. You've answered the questions of the host. Is this person qualified? Is he good? What's he going to talk about? Can I hear what he sounds like? You're removing the objections and you're making it easy because instead of the host saying, okay, I got to go to your website. I got to go look you up. I got to go search for prior podcasts. Oh, you've put all in one place. Make it as easy as possible for the host to say yes. That's the first thing. Second is to just build a system, build a process where you can queue up and say, I'm going to apply to all of these. These days there are tools. One of my favorites is Podmatch. Now, mm -hmm. as a disclaimer, I know Alex. He's a friend of mine. He's a creator of it. I have no financial incentive. I don't get paid for promoting it. I sincerely say this is a great tool, Podmatch, for guests and hosts. It's like a dating matchmaking service, like online you know, dating apps, but it's for podcasters, hosts, and guests. And then third, when you are on a show, you should do two things at the end of every show. And we're mm -hmm. going to do this after you turn off the recording. Folks won't see this, so we're going to tell them about it now. After you turn off the recording, I'm going to ask you two questions. First, I'm going to say, are there any other guests you're looking for for this show? Mm -hmm. And you might tell me, well, yes, I'm looking for other people with experience on podcasts, other hosts, other guests. Go, Great. I know a bunch. I'm going to send some folks your way. And what I'm doing, I'm helping you out. I'm also helping out my friends who are looking to get on more shows. Everybody wins. Yeah. And my friends have learned that I do this. Guess what happens when they finish a show? Guess what they're asking? Guess who they're sending to these other shows? Then the second question, after I ask you that, I make a note of some people I'm going to send you. Then I ask, do you know any other hosts for whom I'd be a good guest? Because many podcasters know other podcasters. And you might know someone. Now, this is predicated on the fact that Presumably, I'm a good guest. You feel I'm adding value. 
If not, you're going to say, yeah, no, no, I don't want to introduce you to anyone. <laughs> but if, oh, wow, Mark, you were a great guest, you're going to be happy to introduce me to other hosts you know because you're helping them out and helping me out. And those two things really help you accelerate how quickly mm -hmm. you get on shows. Wow, that's pretty good. And, you know, just ask one point on that is the media kit that you mentioned. Now, when it comes to Podmatch or tools like you know that or Matchmaker, there are a lot of tools, uh, you know, podcast guest directories are there. So I've seen people who have uh, created a media kit, like a small PDF, where they would have mentioned, okay, these are questions to ask, these are the experiences. Uh, do you have any specific points that, okay, uh, add these details? I know you mentioned like credibility and all that things we should show. Uh, if you could dig in a little bit in detail, like what exactly that we can add to add more, uh, you know, authority to our, uh, you know, as a guest at least. Sure. First, assume they don't look past the first page. You need enough information on the first page to hook people. It's kind of like your resume. People look at your resume for all of 10 seconds, and that needs to be enough to hook them to get you into the interview. Same thing with the media kit. Assume it's looked at very briefly. So with a book, for example, my media kit about the book, it starts out with, here's the cover image of the book. Here's a brief summary of the book. Here's some uh, contact information. That's mm -hmm. a start. Page two has my photo and bio. Say, so, okay, you know, this book, this topic seems relevant. Then they go to page two, who's this guy? Oh, yep, his bio, he looks qualified. You can put other things in later on. Social proof is common. That might be awards you've won. Quotes, the type of quotes that go on a cover, or maybe you didn't have room for it. And someone's saying, this is the best book ever. Okay, well, you know, if someone thinks it's good. Maybe I should have this guy on. I also have example questions. Now, I have a separate interview kit from the media kit. Most people in their media kit, you'll have a page that lists, here's some angles, here's some topics, here's some questions you might want to ask. And again, what I'm doing is I'm making your job easier. Now, you don't have to ask those. I don't say you have to ask these five questions or else I'm not coming on. That's both boring for me and boring for you. But I make your job easier instead of you saying, oh, now I have to figure out what I have to ask Mark. Hey, here's some angles. Here's some topics. Now, I mentioned I have a second one. That's just the nature of my book. I have 10 chapters on 10 topics. So there's 10 different directions if you just want to dive into a topic but then people go cross topic. There are some meta questions or some other general questions. And so I've got, I think around 150 questions organized in over a dozen categories. Mm. I say, again, these are just examples and I've answered plenty of other questions not in there, but I've made it easier for you to do your research and planning. And I've shown to you the host, I'm serious about this. I put all this work and effort into it. And if I put this much into the media kit, how much do you think I put into the actual body of work? I yeah. must know what I'm doing. I've shown some thoroughness there. Exactly. You know, that's a very good point that you add there because uh, when I was starting out this episodes, I literally had to dig in a lot. Like, uh, for example, I had this. It was very creepy, actually, to do that because I remember that uh, one time uh, the guest name is Lucy something, uh, her name. So I kind of actually dug her entire LinkedIn and see, okay, this is a pain point that we can ask uh, her to you know, explain. She's a journalist, actually. So I was asking, like, how you could interview someone in a journalist style, you know, in the podcast. So she was like, I asked her, you know, 10 years ago, you were this. She was like, how did you know that? 
how did you know 10 years ago i was this i mean what were you doing she was so shocked i was like no i just went through your linkedin i just scrolled down and see so we are first post on linkedin so i think sometimes it creeps people out and uh, sometimes they may get stuck as you mentioned you know uh, i mean what are you asking things like that but yeah putting a lot of efforts clearly shows that okay i know this stuff so i have had this question sub questions i can definitely answer so it's a pretty good point that you add that really uh, i think that would really you know add the, add the authoritativeness yeah yeah for my app i have a media kit that follows a similar path where mm-hmm. it's got some information on the app on the first page now i have more screenshots later on with the book i have one image that's just the book cover here i have more screenshots to explain it but i also have other things about here's angles we can go into about the app mm-hmm. specifically or about the context about media and so different angles and example questions and then i've got the social proof as well so for other topics even if you don't have a book or an app you can still have that overview that mm-hmm. bio of you and then some type of social proof and some type of questions or angles that's a pretty standard format you can use for most products and services no matter what you're what you're offering what's bringing you to the table definitely yeah i think that's a pretty good style to follow as well wait so um, you know we talked a lot, lot about this uh, being a great guest and you know the being a good host but ultimately from my and i think that uh, the networking skill really matters because even after finishing all the episodes uh, with 10 guests either you are you know uh, following up with them you know maybe commenting on their post or doing things like that as a podcaster how would you actually uh, you know like grow that grow that networking skills with with your guest at least or you know being a guest to your host at least great question and one of the topics i cover in my book is on networking podcasting is actually a really great way to expand your network now we're having a conversation on the show and first it's not bad in the sense that i kind of get to brag How often do you meet someone and you're at a party and say, "Hey, let me tell you why I'm awesome." And all these things I'm thinking, you're going, "Oh my god, this guy is he is such a blowhard. I don't care about all the great things he's done." But what happens on a podcast, you ask me about stuff and I get to talk about the great things I've done without sounding egotistical. So it's already kind of helpful. And by the way, this applies to interviews for jobs as well. How often do you get to really boast about yourself when in an interview you're expected to So I can say wow you're you're really impressive. I want to get to know you. But also what happens is again after the recording stops, we're probably going to have an additional conversation. An off the record conversation where we chat and that's where we also get to know each other. Certainly I'm not getting to know you very well during this conversation. Most of the questions are about me. Yeah. And I'll get to know you a little better and we'll follow up with ways the introductions i mentioned where we're starting to help each other there might be other topics we talk about other ways we can help each other many podcasters i know are interested in writing a book and we'll often talk about here's why i went through and things i can do to help them and you'll start to build that relationship and then over time there's someone else in your network and you just want to follow up and build that relationship as you would anyone else you meet yeah and you know just just to justify that i think uh in my real life actually the i think it was my third or fourth guest uh, that i interviewed i started my career kind of like in a video editing manner and she was kind of my first client so i was like uh, you know even though i interviewed her like at the initial stages i still had like in a connection with her I just you know just normal dms and then you know commenting and stuff 
so i think like you mentioned the networking would really uh in long you know long term matter would really definitely would help yeah yeah i still keep in touch with many of the podcasters i've been on now having met with over 300 i'm not doing regular calls with all of them but there are certainly people who even when we go back 2 plus years ago when i first started doing this i'm still having conversations we'll we'll connect we'll have a catch up call or add the blue we'll send an email we'll try to help each other so treat them like other people in your network these are people you've met and people with whom you want to foster a stronger relationship understood and you know just uh, one thing i want to ask you before moving on to the final sections is that uh, as we have talked about podmatch and other you know uh, guest platforms that we have been using so since we connected through podmatch and it's great to that you know a lot of detail detailings and everything is there for a podcast guest you know that want to start appearing on different podcast uh, if they are coming on to the podmatch what advice would you give to them to make sure that their profile looks really good that they're getting a lot of matches or a lot of you know responses things like that do you have anything like that don't put in a long list of every little detail you can do you may get straight to the point the primary mm. point is this is the value i give to your audience mm. now yes there will be a little about you why you're credible because you start a business or you have a certain degree but really it's about here's what i deliver to your audience because that's what the host is looking for host is seeing what can you bring to my audience uh, with one exception there is another model on podcasting so most people most podcasts it's I'm a host. I have some product or service. I want the audience to know about me and over time I'll convert some of them into my customers and I'll bring on guests just because if it's me talking week after week, uh, I can be repetitive. So the guests are kind of the the bait, the dangling bait that gets people to listen to me week after week and then they'll hopefully like me and they'll buy my product or service. There is a different model that some podcasters use. where the podcaster doesn't care about the audience they are targeting the guest as a client and one way you'll recognize this is you'll see podcasts say oh we're looking for guests someone who runs a business between 500,000 5 million annual revenue who works yeah. in this space because that's their ideal client and then what they're trying to do is get you to come on but really they're trying to build that relationship with you to sell you In that case they don't care what value you bring to the audience because it's not about the audience it's about do you meet their qualifications don't worry about the, and it's still worth going on for you because they might have an audience mm. and you can still get in front of them but there don't worry so much about you, what you're presenting they're less mm. concerned about but still your profile is primarily about what you're delivering the audience that's the best way to align it Cool. and you know the thing that you mentioned is that pe- the guys who don't care about the audience who don't even have an audience and they just pitch to the guest um what the guest get annoyed or you know like when they start to talk more salesy don't the guest get annoyed some of them do and you know i get inbound sales pitches all the time in my role as a cto and what i really hate it's annoying enough when someone just gives me a cold pitch by hate the ones where they're not saying it up as I'm trying to sell you they're trying to again touch me do something else and then partway through now it's oh and let me try to sell you this like come on just be up front so it depends how you feel about it. they don't just go direct into a pitch 
what will happen, the typical method is if you were my guest, if let's say I've got this podcast and I'm ultimately trying to sell to you, okay, you qualify, go great, we'd love to have you on the show. I'm going to put you into my email funnel where I'm going to start sending you a series of emails. Most of them are the, I'm going to help you look great on the show and you know, get a quick email about how to do your audio and how to do your lighting the next day and a few things like that. We're going to have our prep call where I get to know you. Then we do our actual uh, podcasting session and we're going to chat before or after. Then we're going to do a follow-up call. And during that follow-up call, I'll start to say, oh, by the way, you know, tell me, how's your business going? And are you getting enough leads or whatever it is I'm selling? But yeah. we've already now had multiple touch points, a few conversations, multiple emails that you've looked at. So it doesn't feel like I just hit you up out of the blue selling you. It felt like, oh, we've been building this relationship and now I'm going to slide in sales. So that's that's the game plan for doing it. And by the way, I'm not critical of them. This is this is marketing. <laughs> All companies yeah. need to market and sell. And it's perhaps better than just spamming people. But just be prepared for that. And if you're comfortable with it, fine. You could still get good value from being a guest on the podcast. If you're not, skip those podcasts. Got it. The reason why I was asking that is uh, after studying marketing in my bachelor's and all, also in my master's, I really started to lose trust in people. So whenever someone says something to me really nice, they're like, what do you want from me? <laughs> what, what, what do you want from me? So I think that's that's a point that uh, even now I actually had an, uh, you know kind of an invitation where I have another podcast called Web3 Digital Marketing Entrepreneur. It's kind of like a metaverse-oriented podcast. So someone uh, asked me that they want me to host that show in their decentralized platform. Then I'm like, okay, it's cool. Then we can have a call. They said you can have a call with our CEO. I'm like, CEO? I mean, I'm not that much of a guy right now, but still, I mean, like, why? So I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. But um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I was asking because I just lost that trust factor. Once studied marketing, just completely lost it. Well, we all know the famous saying, if you're not the customer, you're the product. Yeah. <laughs> and let's face it, on podcasts, most of us, there's not money exchange. There are, by the way, some podcasts, they don't disclose this, where I say, oh, you want to be a guest on my show, you have to pay me. Yeah. And really, their podcast is nothing but paid ads, which it's fine if you want to do that. I think you should have to disclose that to your audience. But... The reality is we go, guests go on a podcast because we have some motivation. A few people, they just want to get their story out, but many people have a product or service to sell. The host, maybe are doing it just for the fun of it, but they probably have a product or service to sell. So all of us have some ulterior motive. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, just before moving on to the final section, uh, this is something that I always ask my guest uh, out of the box. So I said morning or is it night? It's morning there, right? If I'm correct. It's early afternoon for me. Early afternoon. Okay. So who was the first person that you made smile today? That's a good question. I'm going to guess. And half of the calls I've had already, we were we weren't on video. But my best guess would be one of the developers I work with just came back from a vacation where he saw his family. Mm -hmm. And I think when I asked about his vacation, I think I saw him smile. I wasn't paying close <laughs> attention. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome. 
So moving on to the final section is that, you know, uh, one of the main things that I want to ask you is regarding the book publishing. Because since you already published a book, I think uh, you have some experience, you know, you have a lot of experience, obviously, to talk about that. And uh, one of the main thing is for podcasters, they have uh, a lot of tips and tricks. So there's a lot of podcasters out there who has been doing it for years and they want to add their point in the form of a book as well. So how would you tell them that, okay, this is how you can publish a podcast-related book? What would you say to them? The first question, this is going to be a bit of a long answer. The first question, why are you publishing a book? What do you hope to get out of it? And if your answer is money, you're probably not thinking through what you're about to do. The reality is the average traditionally published book, the one that goes through a big publisher, sells a couple thousand copies in its lifetime. The average book, couple thousand copies. A self-published book, the numbers I've seen, I think, is maybe, I've seen anywhere from about 50 to about 250 in its lifetime. You are probably not making money with this book. Now, there are books that certainly do incredibly well. Some self-published, more traditional published, and they do sell tens of thousands of copies or more. Fantastic. There's also startups that become unicorns, but most of them don't. And if you think you will, chances are you won't. Now, why do people do books? Typically, it's for a different purpose. Books, now I'm talking primarily about business-related books, self-help business, which I'm assuming most of the podcasts are in. They are used as marketing or promotional material. So sometimes people have a book because they say, hey, I'm an expert on this subject, and I know there's literally 10,000 other experts, but I'm the guy with the book. Right? They can just hold up their book and go, look at this. So that's one use. It's a differentiator. It's some credibility. Another option is it works as a leave behind. We sit down. I try to get you to buy my company's service. Okay, well, thanks for listening to our presentation today. By the way, here's my book on moving to the cloud or whatever it is. Read through it, and it's going to help you learn a little more about what we do. So it's used as mm. a leave behind. Some people refer to it as a business card. Mm. And then it also just works as someone reads your a little more about you. Now, often a lot of self-published people, they give out their books for free. Yeah. Because it's, I might meet you at some event and I mention the book or you hear me on a podcast. If, for example, so my book, The Career Toolkit, it's about professional skills development. I am not an executive coach. I have no desire to do that. But let's suppose for a moment, I did. Let's suppose I'm trying to sell a $10,000 executive coaching package. When you hear me on a podcast, there's no way you hear me once and say, wow, Mark sounds great. I'm going to hand him $10,000. You don't <laughs> yeah. know me that well. You are, after a single session, open to the idea of, I'm going to spend $20 for his book. Yeah, you know, I, he sounds interesting. Let me give that a try. And so what it does is on that marketing funnel, it's that first rung where I get you to ascribe some value. It's not a big commitment. You're going to spend $20. You'll spend some time reading. You can always stop if you don't like the book. But now I've hooked you. If you do like the book, you've now invested a couple hours. You're listening to me for mere minutes right now, but then you're really focused on my content for hours, and that's going to move you along the funnel. So the reasons to do a book is either that I'm unique, I have this book, or it's that business card, or it's part of your marketing strategy. So those are the reasons you do it. 
And then there's different methodologies you can do, whether traditional publishing, self-publishing, or hybrid publishing, or even consider some, I think in the future is micro-publishing, which is a whole yeah. different area. Yeah. And, you know, one, one point I want to ask is that you mentioned that, uh, you know, publishing books for profit and stuff won't really work that much. Now, uh, I'm sure you heard of Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, he has published books like, uh, you know, this jab, jab, punch, something like that. These books they have, he have published. And he mentions that it's as the New York Times bestselling author or something like that. What does it actually mean? I think there's a lot of people who actually want to be that. I don't know what's the reason, but what does that mean actually? New York Times bestseller, it certainly sounds cool. And I think it had a lot more credibility years ago. Hmm. To be a New York Times bestseller, here's what most people don't know. It doesn't mean you've sold the most books. It is hmm. not technically a measurement of the most books sold. It is, and there was a U.S. lawsuit about this back in the 1970s. It is technically an editorial list. They can pick the New York Times and the other, the Wall Street Journal yeah. list and whoever else USA Today. They can just pick, oh, my buddy Gary, putting him on the list. He's going to be number yeah. seven because we feel like it. And legally, they can do that. Now, certainly, they try to pick books that are selling more. And if mm. a book is doing really well... They couldn't just say, well, Harry Potter, we don't like it. We're not putting it on the list. Everyone would say, what do you mean? Of course yeah. it needs to be on your list. But what they're, they're looking at is a combination of a few factors. One is the number of sales. And typically you need to be doing, I believe, the bottom of the list to be number hmm. 20 on the list. You need to get about 5,000 sales per week hmm. in order to make the list. But even if you're hitting that level... Then they look at the quality of the book. They look at other things. Generally, they're not going to take self-published books. They're not mm -hmm. going to take hybrid published books. Ebooks didn't used to count. They, I think, somewhat count, but again, only if you're a traditional publisher. Some things that people do is they self-publish or hybrid publish a book, and they put it on as an ebook on mm -hmm. Amazon, for example, on Kindle. And they say, oh, for the first two weeks, we're just going to give away for free or we're going to sell it for 99 cents. Yeah. And there's a whole section of books that range from one penny to 99 cents. And Amazon or, and New York Times says, well, this doesn't count. Those don't even count towards your sales because you can. 99 cents, I could get thousands of people to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really, it's like a discount doesn't count. So being a New York Times bestseller, it is a huge commitment there are, by the way, companies that claim to put you on the list, and I've heard they can do it. Basically, you will write them a large check for tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they will market your book. For the listeners, I just put market in air quotes. And what they're really doing, I suspect, is they're going out and lining up people who the day your book comes out, people all around the country who walk into bookstores and buy copies of your book to juice the numbers. And mm. it's, it's very sketchy, but it does seem to work. Wow. I really, I, I really know this all because uh, to be honest, you see, Gary's a great guy. He, because one of the reasons why I started the podcast is after seeing his advertisement, but the things that he says, it's kind of like uh, in an overview and he won't clearly pinpoint, okay, this is what we need to do. And in his book also, I saw in the preview, like it's not that much. And that's one of the reasons why I asked. And as you mentioned, this uh, book as a marketing tool, 
that's his guy i don't know the name exactly he is the founder of funnel something uh something is that i, I don't exactly remember the name so he gives his book out for uh, russell bronson yeah russell bronson and uh, he has this book called expert secrets and he says the book is for free but you have to pay for the shipping so that's basically shipping cost is equal to the book's cost and he gets the people to buy the book and he literally he's a funnel guy so he just uh gets them into the funnel and then do all the stuff like you mentioned so yeah i think it's pretty um wow <laughs> it's pretty good in detail that you know using books as a marketing tool rather than you know uh just for profit sake at least for business purposes i guess yeah absolutely don't don't look at the book in and of itself look at yeah. the same way you look at your podcast you didn't just wake up and say i want to do a podcast just because you probably mm-hmm. start a podcast because you said this ties into my larger business plan yeah probably marketing maybe something else the book is also another leg of the strategy exactly so mark uh thank you so much again you know for hopping on to the show we had a really great time uh so right now table turned uh, is there anything else that you want to ask me what should listeners take away from this episode to help them move forward with their podcasts wait so i think one point that i would take for myself i would say is that uh the guesting thing that you mentioned so i i've actually been guest in seven different shows talk about podcasting itself uh, you know as a marketing tool so uh to be honest i never really went in a structured manner like you mentioned <laughs> you know with the media gate and all that stuff uh even though i've been doing podcasting for almost like kind of four years i started in 2018 and stuff so it's almost been four years so maybe if i you know a lot of guests out there would definitely be in business for really long years i mean i've seen guests who has been like 10 15 years so if they could really put in effort in the media gate and all the other structure things that you you know you mentioned yeah that would really bump their you know guest approaching you know and all the numbers that they could book for the meetings and everything so that's one thing that i would definitely take for myself as well and yeah my audience definitely would love that as well yeah fantastic awesome so uh mark in case people want to find you and your services you know where they can reach out it'd be great i'm going to give you three different websites because i do a lot of different things if you're interested in my book the career toolkit the website is thecareertoolkitbook.com can learn more about the book where to buy it get in touch with me i also post articles every week and have a number of free resources relating to podcasts i've got two websites for you the first is cognosco media c o g n o s c o media and there i have an entire page called author resources when i did my book i read about 1500 articles on everything i could find about publishing i saved the 200 or so most useful on different topics like how to create an effective cover how to find an agent how to market your book it's all organized on that page so all of that is at cognoscomedia.com and then one of the other tools that we have at cognoscomedia is the brain bump app and you can get more information about the app and how we basically micro publish things from a book, a blog, a podcast, a talk or other sources, how you can take your existing content and use it to better engage your audience and create better brand value and trust. So that's at brainbumpapp.com. So it's the brainbump app which is completely free and if you go to brainbumpapp.com, you can learn more about that. Awesome. So guys, I'll definitely link every uh you know things in the description below so you can definitely go and check it out and mark thanks again for hopping on to the show
and uh, guys i'll see you in the next episode